As the racing season winds down, the separation season begins. Now, when I say separation season, I don't mean the season to separate yourself from racing, although that's exactly what many of your competitors are doing. And that provides an opportunity for you to separate from the pack. Within This Is Bracket Racing Elite, we focus on growth year-round, but the gains, they're, they're small, they're incremental during race season for two reasons. Number one, because your attention as a racer is split, right? You've got upkeep, maintenance, travel, all the things involved with the racing season, in addition to a focus on your own growth. And because other racers are working hard at that time too. It's this time of year, this separation season, where putting in the work can really allow you a leg up on the competition. If you're serious about doing just that, and you'd like to surround yourself with a group of knowledgeable trainers and accountable peers with the tools, the resources, the wisdom to help you take that next step, and perhaps even with the occasional kick in the pants to keep you on track, this is Bracket Racing Elite is the answer. We've helped thousands of racers just like you take the next step toward becoming the best version of themselves on the racetrack. Elite can help you do the same. Enrollment is open as of Monday, November 27th, and it closes December 8th. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite. Today's podcast is brought to you in part by This Is Bracket Racing Elite. If you're an open-minded racer with a desire to improve on the racetrack, This Is Bracket Racing Elite can provide the tools to help you get it done. Today's podcast is presented in part by Portatree. Portatree is a leading manufacturer of practice trees, simulators, and test tracks with quality products designed for racers by racers. I depend on Portatree for my own practice. Check them out at portatree.com and be sure to stick around to the end of the show. We'll provide you with a discount code for 10% off your next Portatree order. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast with Luke and Jed. I'm Big Jed, Jared Pennington. He's Cool Hand Luke Bogacki. If you're a regular listener, thank you for your patronage. If you're new, you'll probably catch on soon enough. Our goal is to shed some light on the events, news, and issues in Sportsman Drag Racing and the stars within it. All right, guys, this offseason, our goal on the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast is to interview each of the 2018 world champions uh, the nhra sportsman champs the nhra summit et series champs and the ihra summit super series champions today's show is an extension of that pursuit today we're excited to welcome the 2018 ihra modified world champion toby daniels we'll talk to toby about his championship season and get to know him just a little bit better in this episode of the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast. You do the Kevin Brandon, lay the smack across the land, then you do the L ride and you come out like the world champ. You've been waiting all in a long, hearing them go on and on. It's time for the big interview on the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast with Luke and Jed. 
All right, another one of our champions has joined us tonight on the phone. It is great to have the 2018 IHRA Mod Champion, Toby Daniels from Barberville, Kentucky, on the phone with us tonight. Toby, thanks for joining us, man. We appreciate you taking some time for us. Yeah, glad to, glad to be, be able to talk to you. Hear, yes, sir. hear a lot about you. How's everything going in Barberville, Kentucky tonight? Uh, going pretty good. A little cold out. A little snow, <laughs> Well, A little snow already in November. What kind of temperatures y'all got up there tonight? Uh, I think it's around 27, 28 degrees, somewhere around there. Yeah. A lot like Birmingham, so not too bad. I'm glad we're not getting any of the white stuff. We don't handle that very well down here. Yes. Yeah. So, so, Toby... Congratulations, first and foremost, on a huge accomplishment, man. That's uh, it's really neat. You're you're 44 years old, been doing this quite some time, and uh, that's a that's a big accomplishment for you to go do what you did there in Memphis. Yeah, thank you. I imagine it had to feel good. And uh, Toby, for those of our listeners that don't know much about you. Give us a little background. Tell us uh, kind of how you started in racing and, and how you got to this point. Yeah, uh, well, uh, my brother, my middle brother there, he was racing him. My dad there he used to go knife for a lot, race back before the London Dragway opened. And uh, then they opened London Dragway in 98, I believe it was. And... Uh, I got, uh, well, I started going to knife for a little bit with them before that and just got hooked on it. They let me drive some and just got got hooked on it and got into racing. Then opened the track 37 miles from the house and we go about every weekend, I guess. Made it a little bit easier, I guess, for your, for your habit to become an addiction and, and you go more often getting a track closer to home. How far was Knoxville from the house? Uh, I think it's about 120 miles, about, about a two-hour drive, I guess. Oh, yeah, so that had to help a bunch, going from 120 miles to the track to 37. And obviously, yeah. you got some more opportunities to go down the racetrack. Yeah, makes it very nice. <laughs> yeah, I understand. So, take us through uh, qualifying when you got to Memphis, Toby, and you you starting to go through the runoff. Um we actually tell us about the division finals first and tell us how you earned your trip to Memphis. Yeah. Well I didn't I didn't make it to the division the final the final there. I won the I come from behind there the last points race, summit race. And uh I think I was eight points behind and won won the race at night, won the points and uh I didn't make it to the bracket finals with them. But uh, really, it's all about not even going. And my brothers talked me into going to Memphis. And uh, they said, man, that may be a one-time, you know, one-time shot. Go to the world finals. Uh, we loaded up and went. Yeah, so you earned your trip through the Summit Super Series points at, uh, I guess, yeah. at London Dragway. And you, you said you come from behind in the last points race to secure your championship? Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah I, was eight, I think eight points behind. And how many points per round? Uh, well, it was a double points. It was the last one, so they was having double points, so it two points around. And points uh, around. You were, you, you were four rounds back. Yeah, yeah. And I ended up winning the race at night. Wow, 
did you have to win the race to secure your championship or did you win it prior to the final? Uh, I think it was, uh, I think I ended up winning by four, I think. So if I'd lost the, the final round, we'd had, had a run off, I guess. Goodness. So, uh, yeah. Clutch performance. So obviously you earned the trip to Memphis and you, your brother tells you it's a one-time opportunity. So you need to go do that. Uh, from Barberville to Memphis is not a terrible trip. Did you have any uh, any concerns or, or logistical issues on being able to get your car to Memphis to compete? No, it's, I just uh, like I said, I usually go to London, thirty-seven miles from the house. And I think the Memphis is like four hundred, a little four hundred miles, maybe. So I mean, it's just a pretty good little haul. Yeah, a little more fuel stops than you're used to, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So tell us about yeah, Memphis. Use. When you get to Memphis, obviously you're racing the best of the best in the IHRA Summit Super Series, and I'm sure you've uh, run up on some of those folks before, or you knew who they were, or read about them, heard about them, what have you. So you you got the big showdown there, and the uh, the mod class. What was going through your mind there? Tell us a little bit about how you were preparing yourself for that competition. Uh, yeah, there's plenty of them I'd heard about and some tough races. And uh, actually, in the gambler's race, I run the, the guy I run first round, I'd run him in the gambler's race first and second round. He beat me both both rounds. And uh, I had to run him first round in the finals there. And luckily, I beat him. I think he took double one finish line. <laughs> Pretty tight race. Yeah, sound like a real tight one. Yeah. You, uh, haven't come up short to him twice already in the weekend. I'm sure you was probably putting a little additional pressure on yourself, but uh, come out on the right end of that. Was you, was you feeling extra pressure more so than you normally do at London on a Saturday night? Uh, first, uh, first couple rounds I was, yeah. But after that, uh, it just it started running pretty smooth, just like every Saturday night deal, I guess. Yeah, get a few laps under you. I guess it starts to, to feel normal again. You know, obviously, that's a big stage and a lot going on, a lot of things different, a lot of different looks than what you see on Saturday night at your local drag strip, which leads us to the atmosphere. I mean... What was, is that your first time to go to Memphis to the World Finals? Uh, well, to the World Finals, yeah. I went to the Braggett Finals, I think, uh, uh, probably about 2013 or something there. It's been about five years ago I'd, I'd been there one time. Yeah, I think I was up there for that one myself. So how was the atmosphere? I mean, it's the World Finals. This is a big deal to guys like us that go out and compete on a Saturday night and compete for points championships locally then you get to memphis this is a this is a huge deal obviously a lot of people come from a lot of different places how was that atmosphere toby uh it, it was different i mean a lot of a lot of nice cars and tough racers and uh track you know real good track and the uh, crew the hra crew is real they run a good race i mean they kind of made it feel a little more laid back, the officials did. They, you know, they kind of nice and kind of made everybody feel a little laid back, I guess. Done a good job. Yeah, it's always got to help when the, the officials putting on the race or helping you uh, 
feel like you're part of something special and, and giving you a little bit of leeway there to to not make the racers so tight and wound up. So sound like IHRA, as they always do, did a really good job of welcoming all of the champions and all the people competing for the world championship. So you, um, I guess, did they have you guys some kind of special parking or how did they handle all of that stuff outside of going down the racetrack? Uh, no, we, we got there kind of early. I guess it was Thursday. We just pulled in, parked over by the fence where we could get a, you know, watch, watch them go down, watch the times and reaction time and stuff. Yeah, and how many? Was, was actually my brother. He was uh, when we pulled in. We was on the open trailer. He kind of like man, he's in closed trailers, big rigs everywhere, and he went hard on the open trailer. He said, <laughs> uh, "I said that." <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's different. Yeah, I'm sure you were seeing lots of rigs and stuff and, and people you haven't seen before. But as far as the atmosphere goes. Was it, I mean, were you guys, how many people was in the mod class, first of all? How many people were competing for the championship, Toby? I think it was around 60, 60 or 62. It just hit six-round race. So I think wow. it had to be under 64, I guess. I yeah, think it was right around 60. That's a lot of folks. So I'm sure in the lanes, the atmosphere was really good, electric. I'm sure everybody was excited to be there, which anytime – you know, you're feeling that amongst the other racers. I think it, it puts a little bit of electric feeling in you as well and anxiety. So uh, the atmosphere had to be like no other, really. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's definitely different. <laughs> it gets so, you, get you pumped up. So you're going through the event, and obviously you, you end up as the winner, and we'll talk about that a little more in a little bit, but... Was there a key round in there, Toby, where you feel like you either performed at a real high level and you absolutely had to or it was going to get you a bad result? Or was there a round in there that you felt like you got away with something and was fortunate to get through it and just finished you and kept you moving forward towards the championship? Hey, there was a couple rounds with First round, you know, I was I was behind six thousand on the tree, uh, which I mean I was seventeen, I think, and he was eleven, and I run one above, and he was one above with something. I take double one. And then second round, I think I was about six thousand behind on the tree, and uh, so I got by them too, you know, but being behind on the tree. But other than that, I think uh, I think I was first off the line. The other four rounds, but the first two rounds, I guess, uh, got by them being behind my old car. It's running pretty good. It's running like a dial to 86 about every round except for the last, and it went 86 uh, three times, and a 87 with a zero, and a 87 with a three. So it was, old car was pulling me through, I guess. Yeah, sound like you're really dialed in, and you said you were behind six thou, but you're 17, he's 11. Guys hitting the bottom bulb, I mean, obviously those are both excellent reaction times, so even being behind a little bit, you were still performing very well, but uh, six thou behind both the first two rounds and got by them, and you said you were ahead on the tree the rest of the way, the last four rounds, correct? Yeah, I think so. 
I sound like you had it all together and was keeping yourself in check and staying calm. And obviously now that sends you all the way to the final round. So tell us who you had in the final. Tell us a little bit about the run, Toby. Oh, uh, I think it was Aaron, Aaron Brock. I think he's from South Carolina, a little west team. Uh, pretty, pretty close dial-ins. I think he dialed 694. I dialed 685. Uh, I think I was 12 on tree, and he was 40, uh, 43 or something like that, I think. He is a double breakout. I run a 84 with a three. I'm 7,000, and he, he runs a 91 with a eight, I believe, on 94. He's he 22 runner. Yeah, yeah, pretty pretty tight race. But, uh, yeah, I was fortunate enough to get him a few on the tree and broke yeah. out a little less. Yeah, sounded like that helped a bunch. So now you've uh, made a good lap there. You've you beat this gentleman in the final round. What was that feeling like when you went like, come on, Toby? Uh, it's unreal, really. I mean, I mean, I was pumped up a little bit, but uh, kind of unbelievable. I mean, I know we had a chance to win, but, you know, it's it's tough to win a race like it. But everything just fell in the place, and, we we got it done. Yeah, I mean, it had to be an amazing feeling. Uh, you know, uh, I read a little bit on Facebook. Uh, you had your brothers with you, and you, you talked about your brother talking you into going. Uh, I could tell that you guys have a really good relationship, and, you know, I, I feel like when you, when you have that situation, you got those people with you, I'm sure you felt like you just want it for everybody, not just Toby. Yeah. Yeah, they was, I think they was pumped up more than I was. <laughs> well, I'm sure they were very happy for you. Uh, they obviously believed in you to get you to make the trip, and then you, you come out on top, and you're now IHRA Mod World Champion. Uh, amazing feeling, I'm sure. You talked a little bit about how good your car was. Uh, what kind of car is it? Tell everybody what you're, what you're racing there. Uh, it's a 80, 1980 Malibu. Got old big block in it with power glide, 14 gear. Pretty simple old car. Uh, run old thing for years. I got it off uh, Steve and Junior Foley. Bought it off him, I think, in 2001. So I've had the old car for a good while. Yeah. Y'all yeah. have been together quite some time. Yeah. Good-looking car, too. Real pretty blue color on it, and I see you got the, the nice wheels and stuff. Looks like you're treating it as good as it's treating you, Toby. Well, I run the I run the thing for years, and didn't have much paint on it, and didn't have any wheels on it. My oldest brother, uh, he told me, he said, man, I ain't going to go racing with you no more to get a little paint on it. Sorry, shit, <laughs> thing looks bad. <laughs> so we painted it, put new wheels on it. Uh, I think that was last year when we were doing that. Yeah, it turned out really nice. Maybe everybody go to your page and check it out. It's a beautiful car. And looked at your Winter Circle celebration. Had a lot of folks there celebrating with you. Uh, had to be really awesome. So, Toby, tell us what's next. You doing anything different in 2019? You, you need to freshen up anything on the car? You going to chase points at London? Uh, yeah, well, more far, I probably won't do much to hit. Uh, I just put that motor in last year and painted it and stuff and got me a new converter. 
Uh, new BTE converter. It's seems like a real good converter, pretty consistent with you know. Yes, sir. And, uh, uh, but yeah, I probably won't do much to it, but I'll probably stay stay around the house here at London and run points, I guess. All right. Well, we wish you a lot of luck in repeating as Summit Super Series champion there at London, taking another shot at the World Championship for the IHRA. Uh, and Toby, we know we talk to a lot of racers here on the Sportsman Drag Racing podcast, and we know that nobody gets there by themselves. In racing, you need good support around you to help you accomplish the things you've accomplished. Is there anybody in particular you'd like to say thank thanks to? Uh, just my family, you know, my brothers and my, uh, my dad, my old man there. He he helps out a lot, and, and mom and uh, just a few buddies there helps work on my cars, you know. Uh, Sean Brock, and Glenn Taylor, and uh, Will Garland does transmission work, and uh, just all the ones that help me, you know. Yeah, well, it sounds like a long list of folks helping you. I know they're very proud of you, Toby. Man, congratulations on a, a heck of an accomplishment again. We appreciate you taking some time to join us. But I don't know if you get to listen to the podcast much, but we're not quite done yet. Now, we're we're very proud of you for what you've accomplished, and, and we thank you for taking some time for us. But we like to wrap up every interview what we call rapid fire. Yeah. It's going be, gonna to be five questions, real simple. Some of them's Maybe a yes or no or whatever, but it's going to be a simple question. You can give us a simple answer, but you think you're okay with that? Yeah. All right. This one's going to be easy for you. I'm afraid of what the answer is going to be, but I know it's going to be easy. Trans brake or foot brake? Foot brake. Oh, foot brake. Man, I, now I'm extra proud of you. That was even, yeah. even more, more of an accomplishment. Uh, yeah. You're obviously from Barberville, Kentucky, and I don't know if you care much about sports, but I feel like up in that country is like it is here. you got to pick one, Kentucky or Louisville. Kentucky. University of Kentucky. Good choice yeah. there. Toby, what's your favorite meal? Uh, well, i got plenty of them. I guess uh, I like uh, spaghetti and lasagna. So black head, I guess. Okay, so a little Italian cuisine for you. I like that. Yeah. What is your best hidden talent, Toby? <laughs> uh, well, I, don't, I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I don't guess I got one. You don't play an instrument, know. or are you are you a great bowler, or I mean anything like that? Uh, no, I don't play no instruments. Tried to, but I ain't no good at. <laughs> Ain't no good bowling. <laughs> I hear you. Last one, Toby. If you didn't race, your favorite hobby would be? Well, I don't know, golfing or something, I guess. Oh, yeah. yeah Very good. Golfing. Very good answer. All right. Well, great getting to, to run those questions by and getting to know you, Toby. Man, again, thank you so much for taking some time to join us tonight here on the podcast. We appreciate your time. And, again, congratulations on a, an amazing season and a great accomplishment to wrap it all up with that world championship. All right. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yes, sir. Our pleasure. Toby, have a great night. You too, Will. See you, man.
I want to thank everybody for tuning in. To make sure that you're the first to know when next week's episode is available, subscribe. And you can do that on Google Play. You can do that on iTunes. You can do that wherever you are accessing our show today. Just subscribe. That way that you know that you have got the latest edition of the podcast. You'll be the first to know. And do us a favor. Tell your friends about the podcast. Get your track involved by broadcasting portions of the Sportsman Drag Racing podcast over the PA on race day. Portatree practice trees and simulators are designed and manufactured by racers for racers right here in the United States. As racers themselves, the staff at Portatree is dedicated to providing cutting-edge features to keep you and me ahead of the competition. Looking for an affordable practice setup? Don't use the phone apps. They're inconsistent, which really can do more harm than good. Right? It hurts your confidence, if nothing else. The Portatree Pocket Pal is a quality handheld unit for under $100. Their product line also includes the popular new Eliminator Next Gen. That's what I use myself. Plus, a full national event, uh, full-size national event-style tree and uh, the Portatree Mini, which is perfect for traveling or for tighter spaces, guest rooms, things like that. Portatree also has vehicle connections, allowing you to practice in your own car, which is, again, what I try to do myself, and I find it to be a huge advantage, as well as foot pedals in um, several varieties. In short, if you're ready to practice, I mean really practice, take advantage of your practice, Portatree has what you need. Check them out at portatree.com, and as we teased earlier, Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast listeners enter discount code DRAG. 10. That is drag 10 for 10% off your next port tree order. Are you sick and tired of feeling like a failure at the finish line? I have good news for you. Answers. Based on my own experience and years of working with hundreds of racers just like you. Wait, I have even better news. I'm sharing these answers for free. That's right. On December 11th, This Is Bracket Racing will host a free public Facebook Live presentation dedicated to mastering the art of finish line racing. This is a subject that has been an overcomplicated topic for far too long. Within our presentation, I will detail the three simple principles to becoming a consistently successful finish line performer and provide specific resources to help you master those principles for free. Like and follow This Is Bracket Racing on Facebook for details and make plans to join us on the This Is Bracket Racing Facebook page Tuesday, December 11th for this free finish line presentation. All right, guys, that wraps up this episode of the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast. On behalf of Luke, I'd like to thank you for listening. I'd also like to thank this week's championship guest, Toby Daniels. Uh, it was great to have Toby joining us and getting to know him a little bit and hearing about his championship season. also want to thank the sponsors who make it possible to present this show. We appreciate those guys very much, and we hope that you go support them any and every time you have the opportunity. As always, be sure to tell us what you think. Message us right there on the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast Facebook page. You can send us a private message there, and producer Mark will read that, and hopefully you uh, let us know how you're feeling about the show, good or bad, or suggestions or whatever you have. we just love to hear from you. Or you can 
at either Luke or myself, right there on Twitter. Luke is at Luke Bogacki, B-O-G-A-C-K-I, and I am at JP11X. Thanks for joining us. Look forward to talking to you again next week. Banging on the door, bump, bump, bump until I get it in. Attitude like I am already winning in. Foot breaking in anything. Bottom ball before a 10. I'm rolling in the cutty, switching feet like Jerry Enrollment in This Is Bracket Racing Elite is now open. You've heard me discuss, or at least reference, This Is Bracket Racing Elite. It is the premier offering of our website, thisisbracketracing.com. Elite is a membership community designed specifically to help you get from where you are today as a racer to who you want to be as a racer. Led by knowledgeable professionals, Justin Lamb and myself are longtime instructors and we bring in a host of guests, racers that you know, racers that you respect, led by knowledgeable instructors and surrounded by supportive peers that are ultimately striving for the same goal in their own unique way. The truth is at each event, there are a hundred plus entries, there's one winner. At the end of each season, there's one champion. That feeling, not so much the money, not so much the trophy, that feeling of achievement, that sense of accomplishment, that tip of the cap from your peers, that's why we do this. You can dream of that feeling all you want, or you can take action, take steps toward becoming that racer. If you're ready to take the first step, this is Bracket Racing Elite is for you. Enrollment is open now for a limited time. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite before we close the doors again on December the 8th. <laughs>